0: hi sam it's nick from reputation ace how are you hello
1: i'm good how
0: are you i'm brilliant thank you yeah starting uh, starting the yeah. year as i mean to go on yeah yeah excited for the year ahead i reached out to you on linkedin um i just wanted to sort of introduce you a little bit you're the style editor you're also an editor of living oxfordshire i wondered if you could just give us a brief introduction about who you are and what you do
1: yeah sure And then worked my way up to being an editor, and I most recently was the editor of the Oxford Mail, The Times, um, and their associated titles. And I built up a bit of a profile on Instagram because I fashioned kind of my passion, if you will. Sure. Um, And when I was younger and I was getting jobs in news, some of the older news editors were saying to me you know, are you really serious enough to work in news because you love fashion? So I tried to very much prove that just because someone likes fashion does not mean that they cannot be serious yeah. about other things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, i bit off a bit of a social media profile, and because I was working on the magazines as well, I was getting quite a few messages from women saying, I see you doing this and you've got this quite serious job, but you dress, you know, quite... Stylishly, I've got a meeting coming up. Or I work in corporate, and I'm trying to incorporate some, you know, fashion into my style. How do I do that? Or um, can you help me choose an interview outfit? Or you know, think questions like that. Really, they were asking me. Yeah. So I thought there's obviously a market there, um, and I love doing it. I loved helping them, and then I got questions from women saying I've got a branding shoot coming up so I own my own business Um, I'm having photos done I've got no idea what to wear in the photos can you help me find an outfit so I was doing that kind of stuff for them yeah and then I decided to get my um, personal styling qualification, so I did that and then at the towards the end of 2020 I set up my own business I kind of left the newspapers but continue with the magazine and then um, I'm also lecturing journalism as well, so I teach the NCTJ, right. which is the the qualification you need to become a journalist.
0: Yeah.
1: So I do that too. So I'm am with my actual business. I'm mixing the styling with the media stuff because there are there's a market there where people need someone to look over their media branding, and they also need someone to look over their personal styling as well.
0: Yeah, and definitely. Make
1: kind of one one. Yeah, you know, one package, essentially. So, good. I yeah. love
0: it. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting how you do the editing of magazines and journalism throughout your career, and the editing of, you know, somebody's personal style. I guess they both, they really complement each other.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. I think in editorial for the magazines we have to do... There's a lot of styling involved in that. So for front covers, for example, you know, taking a front cover or directing a photographer of what you need for a front cover... You know the outfits that you want and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of that stuff that I've done, which kind of lends itself to this personal styling element. Definitely. Of it.
0: Have you always had an eye for for fashion and for for knowing what looks right, or you know, is this something you've sort of built along the way, or is it always been with you?
1: Yeah, I think so. I've always, loved, I mean, when I was a kid, I had um, this kind of sketching thing. And it was kind of like these silhouettes of uh, dresses, and I used to colour them in. And I've always kind of loved fashion, and I always wanted to work in magazines. And so I was very lucky to be able to do that. I mean i, I don't come from I don't come from a media background or a fashion background. I actually grew up on a council estate, and um, I think I very much am quite passionate about helping other people from diverse backgrounds get into media in particular because when I first started when I was a kid and I was looking at newspapers I couldn't see really anyone like me mm. in an editor's position yeah um and then when I actually eventually became an editor at 27 again I was looking around and I couldn't there wasn't really that many women in the role but now there are a lot more women and it's a lot more diverse and that's really great to see I'm really passionate about that because I think if we can't, if we're not, if we're not representative of our community, we can't represent our community. Yeah. And that's really important. So, yes, I'm very passionate about that. And, I've, yes, fashion has always been my, I kind of love magazines and always have done, always spent all my pocket money on them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> when I
0: was
1: younger. What,
0: like Vogue?
1: Yeah, Vogue, obviously. I think Vogue now is, uh, uh Over the last few years, I've actually really enjoyed Vogue a lot more because it is so much more diverse and representative and there's just so many stories in there of people who perhaps weren't as represented before because obviously there's been a big issue in magazines historically. Because, you know, magazines essentially make their money through advertising and so they are pretty much beholden to the advertisers Um, and so historically there was a bit of a a problem I personally think in magazines in that they weren't representing people
0: yeah I agree yeah.
1: yeah it breaks my heart to think of you know a young girl looking at magazines and not seeing herself represented by them or thinking that there's something wrong with her because she doesn't look like you know the straight sized white female that's on the cover of the magazine that's not okay and I think there's still work to do but I do think that people like Edward Enderfield at Vogue now are really changing things for the better.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, I guess, has the internet yeah. helped disrupt that, do you think, your know, social media and culture? Yeah,
1: I think so, because now, you know, people aren't... in Before social media, no-one could really make their voices... I mean, you could obviously write a letter in, but now social media has given voices to people, which is excellent. I mean, there's so much diversity online, and I always say to people that with their feeds on social media they should diversify them as much as possible, make sure that they're hearing as many different voices as possible from people who agree with them and don't agree with them because one of the other problems with social media is if you just follow people who agree with your ideologies and your point of view, you have a very skewed view of the world. You don't see you're living in kind of an echo chamber. Yeah. Um and then you get shocked when things happen that you you couldn't foresee because you weren't reading anything that disagreed with your point of view.
0: Yeah, 100% agree with that. Yeah, definitely. You have to let the the good ideas, you know, battle their way to the top. Really, don't you? And have to hear both sides. Really.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just there's so much, particularly on Twitter. I think I'm just hoping this year that you know people are a bit more um, patient and a bit more kind because, yeah. particularly on Twitter, I mean it.
0: Twitter it's just, is pretty toxic.
1: angry and yeah, everyone's just shouting at each <laughs> other and it's just not, it's just not very constructive at all. Yeah. You know, it's just anyone who shows a different opinion, it's like, no, you're wrong, you're completely wrong, rather than having a decent adult conversation.
0: Yeah, it always Quite goes, listen. yeah, it's, it's a race to the bottom and then, you know, if, if their point's not being heard, they'll just talk about grammar or spelling, so... It's a, yeah. it's a crazy one. Now, I did notice that you had a really good following on Instagram. Is that what you would say? Is that your your, your primary social media platform?
1: It has been, yeah. I have actually um, LinkedIn, essentially now, I've, re- I've actually started using LinkedIn a lot more and really enjoying it. Mm, and yeah. I think the, the problem with Facebook and Instagram is that now they are very much pushing advertising and so it's very hard now for anyone starting to get organic reach
0: yes.
1: um whereas I think LinkedIn is a lot more friendly to people and the other thing with LinkedIn is there's a lot more I think and I found a lot more really interesting information on there whereas Instagram's obviously really good for visuals yeah. but I think with platforms like Instagram, Facebook and Twitter it's very easy for disinformation to spread whereas on LinkedIn people are a lot more considered and they will have more of a discussion and they're putting stuff out that is kind of verified or that uses their expertise. The other thing obviously with LinkedIn is that people aren't anonymous, whereas on the other platforms, it's very easy for someone to set up a fake account without any kind of identifying features. They don't need to put a photo on there, they don't need to put their name, etc., on there. So it is easy for people to spread misinformation Whereas I just find that the conversation on LinkedIn is much more open and friendly and considered.
0: Yeah, um, LinkedIn's really come a long way since I guess you know, around 2012 I registered, left it for for years and years, but it's had a it's had a massive resurgence as you say, and you know the um the organic reach from LinkedIn is um is where Facebook used to be so um yeah no that's really interesting that you're doing that one of the key things that I found about you is your your, one of your aims is to sort of help women gain the confidence through you know through obviously the styling and the mindset where has that come from is the where's the inspiration is it sort of just through your journey and you've sort of seen I guess you've already sort of touched on the fact that you know you don't want to uh don't want people to feel excluded has that always been with you
1: my work as a journalist and as an editor I found that one of the reasons that perhaps women weren't in those roles is because they don't have the confidence that they perhaps should in themselves and for example I was recruiting for a deputy editor about a year or so ago and I knew some really fantastic women who I would have loved to have you know considered for that position and when I spoke to them about it the answer was I'm you know, I'm not ready, I can't do it, I I I don't I don't have the skills, like, you know, me, I can't I couldn't possibly do that job. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a real shame because they are women often have they're more than ready, they're hundred percent ready for a job, but they they don't put themselves forward for it. They doubt themselves and I'm quite passionate about trying to Help them see their potential. I also think, because I was one of girls, my parents only had girls, and my parents, you know, my dad told me that there wasn't anything that anyone else could do that I couldn't do. Um, and nice. he never, you know, gender was never, ever brought into it. Yeah. Um, but I just, and also because I now have met so many amazing women and work with so many amazing women, I'm just really passionate about helping them achieve their goals really and I think you know when they feel confident in their style it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be the same as mine or anything that I personally would wear everyone's a complete individual but once they have that sorted they don't have to worry about that anymore and then they can just concentrate on going after whatever it is that they want to achieve and I think women sometimes will kind of put themselves off so they'll have a big dream which they is their, is their goal but they won't want to say that's their goal so they'll kind of just say something smaller yeah you know yeah. if, if, if their common. goal for example is to make a million pounds this year they'll then think oh no I can't I can't do that I'll just you know try and make 60,000 pounds this year yeah rather than say rather than really going for that big dream
0: of theirs yeah No, that's that's really common. I remember um, I quite like these motivational quotes, you know, um, one of them was that um, the problem is not that you aim high and fail, but you aim low and you achieve it. And I think that's a really important thing that you're doing in in that respect to say, no, actually do go for it and you can achieve it. Um, What does so what does a typical day? Can you talk me through what you would do for somebody? You know, if they came to you and say, hey, look, I'm going to go for a new job role. I just I'm lost. How would you help them?
1: that they have but I mean obviously coronavirus is a bit of a problem at the moment though shopping but we do stuff online so we'd have a I'd have a conversation with them and see kind of where they're at and how they're feeling and a lot of it at first isn't anything actually to do with fashion or clothes it's to do with who they are as a person how I can help them and it's about gauging you know where they're at how they're feeling their confidence what their big dreams and goals are. Um, and then obviously I'll find out some more information about them such as their, just general information about their kind of clothing size, the things that they like to wear. and then we'll have a conversation where we'll go through color analysis because color is people increasingly want color analysis because okay. what that does is it says to you you know these are the colors that work really well on you and there's quite a comprehensive um way of doing that Uh, most stylists have a qualification so we've been taught how to see what kind of season someone is in terms of colour and then within those seasons there are other there's kind of like break-off seasons in there so they might be for example a warm autumn with summer
0: oh yeah um
1: yeah, really, colour analysis is really interesting. It's actually really, it's one of the things that people increasingly want. Yeah. Um, because then they can, you know, you give them a list of these are the colours that look amazing on you. And it's not to say they can't wear other colours. You yeah. know, if you really love a colour or you really love black or whatever it is, go ahead and wear it. That's absolutely fine. Um, so we do colour analysis, body shape analysis. I'm quite, on body shape analysis, I'm quite keen to, again not say to people, you can't wear this, you can't wear that because you're you know, you're an apple shape, you should never wear this. I think that's wrong. Yeah. I think it's wrong to put women in boxes like that because it's whatever makes them feel amazing at the end of the day. So body shape analysis, and then if they need a wardrobe detox, we do that, which is always very fun. Basically what happens with some women is that they will buy things for an alternative version of themselves, um, so they'll buy something you know some outrageous sort of sequin piece and they'll think one day I'll wear that one day when I'm this woman and I've lost this weight and I've got this job I'll yeah. wear this yeah. rather than thinking I'm going to wear this today because I am that person and you know I deserve to feel amazing today and I don't necessarily have tomorrow but I do have today um, so sometimes they have things in their wardrobe that they've had in there for years with the label's still on or sometimes just a mess um, the wardrobe detox can be really helpful yeah. because it kind of it's not necessarily again about the clothes, it's about getting to the, the deeper issues of why they have those things why they've kept hold of a certain item or why they've bought a certain item um, it's really about tapping into those issues and helping them to let go of those and to just give them the confidence in who they are right now
0: Yeah.
1: so wardrobe detox is good Shopping. So from that wardrobe detox it might emerge that they have spent loads of money on you know crazy feather pieces but they don't have any sort of basic really good quality shirts or mm. t-shirts or jumpers or jeans and so then we'll shop for those pieces to give them the really good foundation because once you have a really good foundation you can build on top of that and you'll never really run out of outfits to wear. Um, because you can mix and match those pieces. So right. okay. yeah, there's loads to it. I mean, that's kind of the big package.
0: Yeah, big, I mean, you really take them of, on a journey, then, really from.
1: It, yeah, it's it's basically a journey of help, really helping them, and again, you know, as I said, it's not necessarily about clothes, and the other thing is, it's not really about budget, because I think a lot of people think, you know, styling's for rich people, and it's for people with celebrities or it's quite frivolous and it's not at all it's actually an investment in yourself and style actually has nothing to do with money so you know mm. you can get some amazing pieces on the high street or second hand um, yeah, yeah. which are great and it's 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 nothing to do with spending loads of money on designer at all yeah so yeah it's, it it is a it is essentially a, it's a confidence journey and it's just helping them see how amazing they are um, and helping them to dress in a way that
0: they feel their absolute best. Yeah, supports them, you know, uh, physically and mentally. Um, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. So you touched on it a little bit earlier um, about COVID-19 and how has that affected what you do? I mean, would you generally take them, like literally take them shopping? How has, yeah. how has COVID affected this? Yes, yeah.
1: prior to um, COVID, obviously you could go shopping now everyone I every stylist I know is pivoted online Mm. um which means that essentially what you could do is kind of a virtual shop you could do it with them if you were sharing a zoom screen for example yeah or I might go away and find items and then kind of have another consultation with them where we go through those items or I might send them a big document with the links to everything in it
0: oh that's cool yeah
1: um that would work, and then once those pieces arrive, you can do another call where they try it on for you virtually. Yeah. Um, so it, ha- it has changed things, but then again, you know, sometimes people like to be in the comfort of their own home.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Um, rather than kind of out. I would never take someone personal shopping before I'd spoken to them, before I'd met them, and built up a good relationship with them anyway, because obviously, when you like, confidence in yourself, it can be probably quite intimidating to go shopping with someone and try stuff on and um think it's really important to build up that relationship there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that must be a massive thing. So what has being at home maybe given a sort of another dimension to your business, maybe?
1: Yes, it has, yeah. And it's also meant that you can offer different services. So for example, I've got one now which is a new year special offer which is essentially just a couple of hours where we go through these things. So we do a kind of mini-colour analysis, mini-body analysis. They can select items from their wardrobe that they aren't sure how to style, and I will go through those with them. So it's... It, and that, again, is probably more affordable because people sometimes don't, especially women, don't like investing in themselves, which is kind of a bit of a... Um, it's kind of... Uh, it, it's a problem really because the less you invest in yourself the worse you're going to feel and then it's just kind of in a never ending circle yeah, um, yeah. and what happens sometimes I think is the investment and they think oh no I can't spend this money on myself, I've got children, I've got you know bills to pay, um, I'm not worth it and actually the problem is that everyone in their house, their family needs them to feel better so it, it is an investment for everyone Yeah. in, in t- their family yeah, it's getting the momentum um, going the
0: other way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it affects everyone if you don't feel great about yourself. Your your family need you to show up as the best version of you. Um. And so the new year offer that I have is actually a, is a lot more affordable and quicker. And it's just so that because I know one of the problems that I do come up against when I speak to women is they say I can't afford to invest in myself. Um. Mm. But this kind of makes it a lot easier for them to do that. It's also been really nice. I've had a few people buy them as gifts. Oh, okay, for, yeah. Um, yeah, women in their lives, which is really, really nice. It's a nice gift to give someone, I think. Cause they've, prob- Well, I know some of them have shown an interest in doing it, but again, have had that, I can't afford to spend this on myself. And then someone that loves them has said, here you go, happy new year
0: yeah definitely to get the ball rolling no that's that's a good thing that's definitely a good one um how have how have you built your client base then have you is it through friends and family or through social media or your general networking
1: mainly yeah social media um and a bit of networking so obviously through my job i know a lot of women um, and then it might be you know someone knows someone um but networking i think is a big thing getting yourself out there and having genuine conversations with people so not you know I think we all know uh, when someone sends you a message that you've never met or spoken to before and they're trying to tell you something yeah it's making genuine connections and then oftentimes I haven't actually spoken to them before they might have just been following my stuff for a while and then they might reach out which has happened a couple of times or it might be someone who know someone who said you know you should talk to Sam and then they've spoken to me about it that's um, cool, yeah. but yeah I think having genuine conversations with people is really important and the other thing is offering value so I have a lot of I have quite a few kind of free resources and stuff that yeah. I will gi- that I will give to people which then down the line they might want to work with me that's fine if not then at least it's helped them in some way definitely yeah. um, offering value I think is really
0: important it's counterintuitive at the start you know a lot of people are like well you don't want to give away all your secrets but I mean you're just demonstrating you're demonstrating your excellence really aren't you and providing value yeah. and uh, yeah um, some yeah. people will run with it and good luck to them but it really just builds your reputation and brand and um, yeah just your, 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 your genuine growth so no that's really cool Um, just to sort of wrap it up again I've got this question, what excites you about what you do, I mean you've really sort of spoken about it the whole way through but in a nutshell, what gets you up and gets you going about what you do
1: I think the transformation and just helping someone feel great um, (laughs) is why I do it it's not anything to do with clothes really or shopping and i think that's probably a misconception that people have is that personal style is just about you know going shopping all day it's not at all about that it's about confidence and helping someone see how special they are because you know no one is no one is born with massive doubts and imposter syndrome of feeling like they can't do anything and yeah. i'm trying to get people back to you know how they felt when they were a, you know, A five year old, and they used to just dance like no one was watching and they didn't care um, yeah. what anyone thought. And then over time, the world has kind of told them that they were wrong or that they, you know, were too loud or too bossy <laughs> or whatever else it is. And the problem is that a lot of us are holding on to those yeah. beliefs, and it's about unpicking those beliefs and actually showing people that none of that is true, none of those beliefs are true about themselves. Um, and
0: yeah that's
1: that's why I do it I just love helping
0: women yeah that's really really cool yeah just getting rid of those limiting belief systems and yeah I mean everybody everybody is you know oppressed by um society and you know mainly just their own thoughts so that's great that you do you sort of encapsulate so many different aspects in what you do um and just finally what are your plans and goals for the year ahead
1: With a couple of free workshops. So on Saturday I've got a media strategy workshop. And then the following week I've got a styling workshop that I'm doing. But I'm just concentrating really this year on building my business. And helping as many women as possible.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's um, brilliant. I'm,
1: yeah.
0: I'm really really glad to speak to you. Thank you very much for coming on today. Um, people can find you at the UK on Instagram all the socials, I'll put the links in the descriptions too. Yeah, thanks very much for coming on, all the best uh, for the year ahead and uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank
1: you, thanks for
0: having me. No problem at all. Take care, thank you. And you, thank you. Bye.